On this episode of Building Your Wealth Muscle, Claudia teaches us the difference between an accountant and a bookkeeper, what to expect during an IRS audit, and common mistakes people make when they try to DIY their bookkeeping. So if you decide to outsource, we'll get into some of the questions to ask a bookkeeper before hiring them. And as always, at the end, we're going to give you your one action step so you can start building your wealth today. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to Building Your Wealth Muscle, a podcast about building and protecting wealth for online health and fitness coaches. Each episode, we're going to break down different topics in the areas of business, finance, and tax, and how they pertain to your coaching business. Disclaimer, the topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation. Please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making changes to your financial or tax situation. Now, here's your host, certified financial planner, Pat Darby. Claudia is a Latina mompreneur owner of Athena CPA Services, providing virtual bookkeeping services to online coaches and service providers. Having been a former IRS auditor for several years, Claudia uses her skills to help business owners attain and keep good accounting practices. Claudia provides a safe environment for business owners who may help cleaning, who may need help cleaning up and correcting bad accounting habits. She was raised in El Paso, Texas, and graduated from University of Texas at El Paso with an accounting degree. Claudia is a CPA currently living in New Mexico, although most of her clients are out of state. She loves seeing the change in confidence in her clients when they begin to understand their financial reports, sleep better at night knowing their accounting is in order, and being able to make CEO-level decisions. Claudia, welcome to Building Your Wealth Muscle podcast. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited. Excited for the podcast. (laughs) Well, I think this is going to be a, a great conversation because almost every piece of advice or recommendation that a fitness coach is going to receive from a financial planner, an accountant, a banker, it relies on the accuracy of the financial books and records. And this podcast is about building and protecting wealth. So how can you start building wealth, in my opinion, if you can't accurately determine what you're making and what you're spending? So in my opinion, one can't emphasize enough the importance of a qualified professional bookkeeper. So Starting there, like in the very beginning, so that everyone understands, what do you feel is the difference between an accountant slash tax preparer and their bookkeeper? Yeah, you know, so typically what I've seen, and I, I, I market myself as a bookkeeper, but because I'm a CPA, I feel like I do both bookkeeping and accounting um, kind of wrapped into one. Generally, what I've seen with bookkeepers is, they have, they basically categorize all the income and expenses that are coming in from the business based on the data feed um, from the bank accounts. And then they also, you know, provide reports on a monthly basis or a quarterly basis to their clients to let them see how the accounting, um, you know, how their business is doing, like a profit and loss report and a balance sheet. An accountant, you know, and some, take sometimes the bookkeep the bookkeeping what the bookkeeper did, and then they take a look and see if something has been miscategorized correctly. So they'll do journal entries where maybe something is personal and not business related, and they'll remove that 
that out. So the accountant has more of the knowledge and the expertise um, to make the bookkeeping cleaner than what, you know, what the bookkeeper, the, the bookkeeper's knowledge is a little bit more limited than, than the accountant. And then, and then you have your tax preparer who normally just takes the numbers from the books and prepares the tax, tax return. And, you know, Generally, they don't really look too much into whether those numbers are are correct or not. <laughs> so I think, you know, between the bookkeeper and the accountant, that's where that's where the mistakes should be caught before it even goes into the tax return. With that being said, like I I, I shared with this with you earlier, like I have a friend that owns an accounting firm. She's a partner at an accounting firm, and she was explaining to me that. When they have clients that their bookkeepers are independent of her accounting firm, they don't work for her, and then the client comes in with the books, she reviews them as their tax preparer and their accountant and fixes all all the mistakes of the bookkeeper, right? So what happens is now this client is paying for the bookkeeper plus the extra time that that accounting firm is charging to fix the books and then prepare the, the tax return. So I, I just think it's important to make sure that when you hire a bookkeeper, it's somebody that is reputable. I think right now, because of QuickBooks Online, we are in a space where a lot of people have decided to become bookkeepers. <laughs> and some are great. I mean, I'm not knocking them, but some don't have the experience or the knowledge of, of an accountant, you know, or haven't taken much courses. So you definitely have to be very careful with that. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's really a great point. So for those, and we, we'll dive in later about how it is the Wild West and, and you can give people some tips on how to find someone if they decide to, but because all bookkeepers are not created equal. But but for those listening to, to what you just said about how you may have, your accountant may be your bookkeeper, they may not be, they may just be a tax filer for you. Even if they have the CPA designation, they may just be a tax filer. What could a listener start asking themselves to find out? what kind of support they have with an accountant or bookkeeper. Yeah. I mean, I think that whoever is preparing their tax return is, is ask, having that conversation with that person of, are you looking at, you know, the general ledger, the reports to see that what my bookkeeper did is correct, right? To make any corrections. They're called a, a journal entries, basically. Just have the conversation with your tax professional and see if they're actually reviewing the work that the bookkeeper is doing. And as far as talking to your bookkeeper, you also want to ask your bookkeeper like what kind of experience they have. Do they keep up with IRS rules, with what is deductible and what is not deductible? As corporations, you know, for clients that are running as corporations, the bookkeeping for as corporations can be very different from sole proprietorship. There's different rules there. So I think asking your bookkeeper about, you know, their experience, whether they're, you know, what they're doing to actively keep themselves educated and trained. And then also talking to your tax preparer or your accountant and seeing if they're reviewing the bookkeeper's work as well. Generally, I would say that generally, like if you have one accounting firm doing everything for you, I would say that that is happening. But if you have a bookkeeper separate from your CPA and they're not talking to each other, like you want to make sure that there is some congruency between both of them, even though they have their own, you know, their own businesses. There is some talking to, at least some reviewing of the reports from the bookkeeper. 
Yeah. No, I love that that team approach. And the other advantage is just more eyeballs on looking at the numbers. You know, right. we're not we're not yeah. perfect. So having a bigger team, I think that's really helpful for the business owner. Assuming they're all talking yeah. to each other, because otherwise then it can just Absolutely. be chaos. Now, one of the main reasons people need their books done properly is for taxes. And you can offer a very unique perspective because you have a background in working for the IRS as an auditor. Can you walk us through what the process would be if, God forbid, one of someone listening, they get audited? What's the IRS looking for? Why do you need to have your books done right? Yeah, this is actually really important. And it's actually the reason why I decided to start my own bookkeeping business. So I worked for the IRS as a revenue agent for five years. And I think it's important to know what kind of what that looks like when you get audited. So when you become when you get audited by the IRS as a business owner, um, they're going to ask you the first thing they're going to ask you for is your balance sheet, your profit and loss statement. And then, of course, your general ledger, which details out all of the transactions that go into those reports. They're going to ask you for bank accounts um, for your business. And if you're intermingling your business account, your business income with your personal accounts, then they're probably going to ask you for your personal accounts as well. And so this is where I, I think bookkeeping is so important because the moment that they ask you for that information and you don't have it, say you haven't been keeping up with your bookkeeping, you, you know, you just basically just look at your bank account every month and see that there's a, a positive balance in there that automatically opens the door for the IRS to become more invasive in your life, right? You're not providing the books and records. And so what they're going to do is they can subpoena your bank accounts. They can go talk to your clients, talk to your employees. They, I mean, it, you know, and so basically at that point, everybody knows that you're getting audited, which is something that you don't want to get out. But that that's how invasive the IRS can become when you haven't kept your books and, and records. And then, so after, after that happens, they come up with an estimate of income. Like it is, they're called revenue agents with the word revenue in there because they, it's their responsibility to prove income. So they're, like I said, they're going to go talk to your clients. They're going to go pull your bank account. And then they're going to come up with an estimate of what they think your income is. And that income may be completely off. But because you haven't done a good job of, of keeping your books and records and your and your um, accounting in line, they can come up with a number. And if they can justify it, that's the number that they're going to use. And the other part of it is on the flip side, on the expenses, if they ask you, OK, so show me proof of a, of a certain expense and, you know, and you don't have that receipt, they can go ahead and just disallow it. It's your responsibility. It's the agent's responsibility to prove income, which is why they go out and do all the footwork. It's your responsibility to prove your expenses. So if you don't have that receipt, they're just going to go ahead and disallow it. And the other very scary part about this, if they found adjustments in your one year that's being audited, they can go back and audit two more years. So now you have a revenue agent looking at your income and expenses for three years. And so if there's adjustments, there could be interest and penalties plus the taxes, additional taxes that they come up with for three years. And so this is why bookkeeping is so important. Like, honestly, the, the tax return is just a cover page. 
for your actual bookkeeping and accounting. So I, I think it's important for clients to know that when they, you know, I when they're trying to figure out, do I want to hire the cheapest bookkeeper, <laughs> you know, with not a lot of experience, just remember that this is how um, the IRS looks at your business. And then also, this is how you're able to determine how your business is doing and work. Like, for example, like somebody with Pat, like Pat, you know, where he's making CFO level decisions for your business, deciding like when it's time to invest in a retirement, when it's time to hire employees, what tax saving strategies you have to know what the real numbers are in your business because if you're coming up with these strategies based on fictional numbers, it's not going to work. <laughs> you know, you, you need to have the, the correct information. Sorry, I went on a little. No, right that was great. So <laughs> there's typically with the IRS a statute of limitations. What you're saying is if they find a statute of limitations for those listening on how far they can go back and do an audit, but you're saying if they find some irregularity in in one year that buys them two more years, even if the statute of limitation in theory would have been over. No, usually those three years are within the statute of limitation. Gotcha. So, yeah. And then the, yeah. the next thing I, I want you to talk about that people may not thinking you cannot just submit your credit card statement. That's not what the IRS is looking for, right? You need to actually keep the receipts. Right. Because, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So let's just say that, you get audited and the, you know, they, you show them the credit card statement showing, oh, look, this is a dinner and you can see the money coming out of your credit card account that I had with a client, but you didn't keep the receipt for the dinner with documentation of who you met with and the business purpose. They can just go ahead and disallow that. It, what, what they're really looking for is the receipt. And really, you know, they, it, it's a sample. Most of the time it's a sample. So they'll look at maybe your highest expense. And then they'll say, okay, out of that 50000 in total, we're going to sample, you know, A, B, and C receipts. And so that those are the ones that they're going to pull. But the reality is that you don't know which receipts they're going to be. So you should keep all of them. <laughs> no, that, yeah. that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. So, and also, on, like, they don't, if you're looking at just a credit card statement, things like Amazon, Walmart, they sell everything. So there's no way for the IRS to know what you act, is this business use? Amazon is a big one nowadays. Yeah. Right. A lot of my clients use Amazon and they have to provide me with the receipts, business purpose of what they bought. Because it could be personal or business. So what do you see, like, because people right now might be in two different stages that are listening, whether they either are fairly new and they can't afford to outsource or they're multi-six figures and they should really be buying their time back. When people are doing it themselves, what mistakes do you see people making or common mistakes you see people making as, as they try to DIY their books? So to me, the most important mistakes that I've seen with my clients is sometimes they deposit their income, like they'll put part of their income into their business account and part of their income into their personal account. And they're doing their own bookkeeping. And for me, it's when I picked up their books, I had to walk in through the process of all of your income should be business income should be in your business bank account. And that's how you pick up all your the accurate income based on your books. Right. The other one is your your expenses. Not a lot of people are familiar with what is tax deductible and what isn't tax deductible. So they assume that certain things are, uh, you know, are deductible. So it's walking them through the process of what it is and, and what is not um, 
uh, deductible business expense. And you can go on the IRS website and just Google, you know, business expenses, and they should have some good publications in there that at least started on what to include and what not to include in your business. Credit card payments or loan payments are something that is really big as well. Sometimes people make the mistakes of putting the entire credit card payment as an expense or the entire loan payment as an expense. And the only part that's deductible is actually just the interest expense, right? So there's an issue there of like, you have to set that up as a liability account and it's, you know, it's you're paying back the, the principal, but the only portion that is tax deductible is the interest. So that's, that's also a big one that I've seen. I'm sure there's other ones. I just can't think of. Those are the ones that just stand up, stand in my head right now. <laughs> well, for listeners, I, I want you to pay attention. That she just made a very important point that I see people make a lot. When you look at the profit and loss statement, there is a big difference between the profit and loss statement and the cash flow statement if you have debt, because of exactly what Claudia just talked about. If you're paying back a credit card or if you're paying off a loan and you call that an expense, that is not, if it's done properly, it's not going to be recorded as a hit to your profit. So I don't know if you want to dive into that, but that's, that's not just a mistake that you might be making if you're doing it yourself, but it's also, if you're quickly running the numbers, like how you can know the difference between a profitable business and negative cash flow, because they're, they can be very different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the the when you get a loan and you use that money to pay expenses for the business, that's how you're reporting, like you're reporting those expenses, right? So when you're just paying that money back to the loan, only the interest portion is an expense. The principal goes is just reducing your your loan balance, right? But I think when you're talking about cash flow, you're right, that income that Cash that's coming out to pay for that loan is not shown um, in the profit and loss statement. That would be more, yeah, in the cash flow report. So that also show. I mean, I don't. Do you review that with your clients? Yeah, I always look at the cash flow statement. Like I've tried to mention on social media a couple of times, like how a profitable business can go out of can lose money, or 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 I forget how I phrase it, but basically how how the profitable business was losing money. And that's ex- exactly what I described is that if you're, if you have a course and you put a lot of money on your credit card and then as the revenue comes in the preceding months and you're paying off that huge credit card, you could be getting negative bank balances yet your P and L will say, yeah, you're profitable. But so that's why I feel like a lot of people don't know how to even look at the cash flow statement. Like the P and L is a little more straightforward, but those are the mistakes you could be making if you're building it yourself. And those are also, in my opinion, mistakes that your accountant may not catch because they're not, they're not in your business every single month. Like the bookkeeper is and like, you know, with like the clients that we share, it's like, we're looking at this stuff. Like we know what's happening in the business. Yeah. Yeah. Generally, you know, generally the account, the tax preparer, the accountant is usually like once a year. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. And, and that's actually a misconception I think more people need to make fitness coaches aware of because when I first started specializing in that niche, that was the first thing I was surprised by. Like they would assume their tax preparer 
they could bring them their banking questions, their retirement questions, their investment questions. And most accounts, like that's not my circle of genius. Like that's not what I do. So now that that's a perfect segue into what someone should look for. So if they say, all right, I definitely need this sort of help. How do you, what questions should they be asking as they interview? Because the, the world of online coaching is, it's the wild west with bookkeepers. Like you'll talk to someone and they say they're a bookkeeper, but they do web design, they do DM strategies. And you're like, I don't know what you're like, what do you specialize in? Because I need to bring these books to the IRS potentially one day. So what would be some, some ways for people to vet a potential bookkeeper for their own business? Yeah. I mean, I would definitely ask for years of experience of how long they've been doing bookkeeping. Also ask for, you know, what type of certifications they have, what type of training do they continually do? Like I, you know, as CP, like I'm, I'm a CPA, so I have to constantly be doing CPEs. So ask the same thing from your bookkeepers or something that they do continually to, to you know, to get better at their craft and stay on top again, stay on top of like the IRS rules, the tax rules that are changing. And also, you know, maybe working, looking for a bookkeeper that niches in your, um, in your industry, because it's difficult when you have a bookkeeper that is, does different industries because different industries have different requirements, right? So I know for like the, the online coach coaches that we have, a big thing for them is doing like using the Stripe accounts, using WooCommerce. And so being able to classify that correctly for them so that they can see like how much they're making off of those ebooks, seeing how much they're making off of the one-on-one coaching, how much they're making off of the course. You want to work with somebody that can split those income accounts for you, that knows how to do that and understands the importance because then you can see, okay, how much each one of your services is bringing in as income and which, which one is worth taking and which one isn't worth taking. So, so I know that because that's the space that I work in. But if I'm, you know, maybe somebody that doesn't work in that space, maybe I just throw all of that into one giant sales account, you know, so looking for somebody that specializes in your, in your uh, business type is also, I think, very helpful. And there's usually less training involved in that too, less questions. Like they already know because they see it from client after client after client, like the expenses are similar. The type of income accounts are similar. Yeah, I think those are important points, especially for the online coaches out there. Like if you're doing it yourself, you may not, you may already be running into this, but the issue with like Stripe and integrating it and having the right knowledge and technology platforms to do it so that, because again, if you're going to ask someone like myself, any financial professional to help you analyze the numbers so you can really understand like, where's your revenue? Where should your time be spent? You need a bookkeeper who can actually sort that because Stripe won't do it for you. Um, So like Claudia, that's, that's her expertise. So she knows how to split it into the different revenue cycles. Yeah. And the other thing is, I think if you are an S corporation, I think asking the bookkeeper, how do they understand S corporation bookkeeping? Because that's also, it's different than regular sole proprietors uh, bookkeeping. Like if For example, if you're paying internet from your home and you have your home office and the internet is under your name, 
you can expense it for you cannot expense it for the the company because it's under your personal name. So what you have to do is create a basically a reimbursement process, right? Where you go ahead and pay it out of your personal account and then submit a reimbursement sheet, something where you're keeping track of it, along with a copy of the receipt, and then the company reimburses you for it. And not a lot of bookkeepers know that. And I can tell you from being an IRS revenue agent, if they look at like cell phone expense was a big one, internet expense was another one. And all of that is under the name, the personal name of the owner of the company and not the name of the company. That's just a quick, like you, they completely get rid of that expense. When in reality, it is an expense. You just have to put the right process in place to do that. So I think also looking at the structure of your business is important and whether that, that bookkeeper is familiar with that. And the, I'm trying to think how to phrase this question. All those things you just talked about, the S Corp, is that taught with just the QuickBooks Pro Advisor course? No, that's actually not taught. <laughs> Yeah. No, the QuickBooks Pro Advisor course mainly focuses on how to use the QuickBooks, right? Like, and in and, and all its features. And it really has some great features. That part is something that, like, I know from working from the IRS and also from being a CP. You know, again, that's not to say that a bookkeeper that doesn't have those credentials doesn't know that. They might, you know, but you have to ask them and see if they are. You know, make sure that they do know that. Yeah. No, that's why I wanted to point that out because a lot of people have the ProAdvisor and it's it's not as comprehensive as people think. So they there should be more than one question behind like, what are your credentials? So, and is there a particular software? I know we talked a lot about QuickBooks. That's your specialty. Have you, what do you think of people that use some of the other ones? I know that's potentially a loaded question, but most people are on QuickBooks. I know there's some others out there, but I guess you highly recommend QuickBooks or your thoughts on some of the others? Yeah, I mean, I that's just what I've always used is QuickBooks Online. And it's, you know, I it works really well for me and my clients. I know that there's other softwares out there like Xero and I think FreshBooks is a new one that's coming out. I'll be honest with you, I'm not very familiar with the other ones. So I'm not I'm not sure how, how well they work. For a while, I did consider maybe looking into getting certified in all these you know, with these other platforms but for, it was a business decision to just stick to QuickBooks online <laughs> and make that my, yeah, exactly. <laughs> make that my zone of genius when it comes to the software part. <laughs> and it's used by, again, like I'm biased because I also love QuickBooks online. That's all I've ever used for myself and my clients. And it also integrates with some of the other platforms. Cause again, like the software that you're going to be using with Stripe and then the ones, some of the ones that I use to take Claudia's data and analyze it. Um, they all have to integrate. So I'm not manually living in an Excel. So that's why I like QuickBooks online. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> so yeah, it integrates really well with like Gusto. Um, yeah, it, there, it does really well with you. I mean, it's so popular that I think they've had to do that, right? Make it sure, make sure it integrates with other softwares, other apps. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the last thing I do want to just highlight because you talked about it. And so anyone who listened to episode one with Marcy, we talked about how she's going to switch her fitness business to the S Corp. And a lot of people feel overwhelmed by the S Corp because there's a lot of work. But as you described, a lot of the extra complexity 
is going to be handled by the bookkeeper if you hire the right one. So that's all the more reason to really, if you're already an S-Corp or considering it, to make sure your bookkeeper has that expertise. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about that, but that's it's very overwhelming to potentially you as the the owner of the fitness business, but that complexity is outsourceable. <laughs> so Right, yeah. I mean, I think it could be a little overwhelming because you will also have to be on payroll at that point, which is different from when you're just a regular sole proprietor. But again, like your bookkeeper can walk you through using Gusto. So Gusto is another platform for payroll and it's really user-friendly and very manageable and it integrates with QuickBooks Online, right? So in my case, for my clients, like I help them set up Gusto. Um, you know, as, as a CPA, I also help them come up with a reasonable compensation because that's something that's important. I know that's something that you do as well, right, Pat? No, it's, this is yeah. why I like work with you because we, we have like the same, we're covering <laughs> each other's like uh, blind spots. Right, right. Coming up, you know, with the reasonable compensation, showing them how to use Gusto. And to be honest with you, like I, I give my clients the option, like, hey, this is how you can run Gusto. I can do it for you, you know, for a fee or you can do it yourself. And it is so user friendly that they usually are like, oh, no, I can do this. I can go ahead and do it, you know, if they have the time. But, it, you know, helping them with that aspect of it. The other the other aspect is just, you know, they may have to open the bank, new bank accounts if they've just converted to an LLC. So that's something that they, they can only do, unfortunately. And then right now I'm actually working through that process with one of my clients and I'm in the state of New Mexico. So I'm also helping them um, set up the LLC. They've already received the LLC, but they have to create a New Mexico um, state taxes account. So I'm helping them set that up on, on their end as well. They gave me basically power of attorney to help them walk through that. So, so yeah, a lot of the stuff you can outsource to your, you know, to your accountant or your bookkeeper it really just depends on, on their credentials to, so that they can help you set up the S corporation. But if your business does very well, it, it in the long run, it's, it could save you thousands of dollars in taxes. So it's worth a little bit of the legwork in getting that outsourced to your bookkeeper or your accountant. Yeah. I feel that we have um, a lot of people ask about it or feel overwhelmed by it. Like everyone, I feel like people know about the S-Corp and how it's supposed to be a, a tax saver. So it'd be great. Maybe have you back. We could just talk exclusively S-Corp bookkeeping and what they need to do. Cause I think, I think people would be really uh, benefit from that because that's, it's, that's its own conversation, like the complexity, but it can be worth it. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I think that even the reasonable compensation could be a whole. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, and documenting it and everything. So today, today's been great. So we covered a lot. So if this going to be a hard question for you, but if you had to boil it down, everything we talked about, one action step for a fitness coach to that they could take to build or protect their wealth using bookkeeping today. Again, I know we covered a lot, but if you had to pick the number one thing we talked about today, what would you make as a an action step? I mean, I think my recommendation would be to really sit down and ask yourself, do you want to do, like, do you want to do the accounting yourself, right? Because the reality is, if you're in the health fitness industry, you didn't go into business to be an accountant, right? Or your bookkeeper, like you went into business to do your zone of genius, what you love to do. But taxes and accounting is just not optional for a business owner. 
So I think it would be, you know, sit down and ask yourself, okay, do I really want to do this or is it time for me to outsource? And hey, if your business is still small, if it's still a startup, there are, um, and I do this and I know there's other bookkeepers that do this, that, that have DIY packages. So maybe you do part of the bookkeeping, but then you have that, you know, CPA or bookkeeper in your back pocket that reviews your books once a month and make sure everything is categorized correctly. So you have that piece, right? And then the other piece is if you're already in a place where you can afford this, why not outsource it? Go ahead and outsource it. Get your time back from, you know, to do spend more time with your clients, you know, create more courses, have more time for yourself. And then also, you know, to be able to use those numbers to work with like somebody like Pat that can walk you through like your retirement, you know, investing in your business. This, it's going to open a lot of doors for you. Like I just had a call with my client yesterday. Yeah. One of my clients yesterday that did not have her bookkeeping done for a long time. And when we have her, her books all cleaned up, I went through everything with her and created a plan on like how much to save for taxes, how much she can pay herself as a bonus. I mean, and I know this is something that you do as well. In her eyes, like she actually said, I I feel like crying because once you know how your business is doing, you are able to make these like life changing decisions (laughs) for yourself and for your business and even for your clients, you know, like maybe you hire another employee to take on more clients. So yeah, really, I think really dig down and decide, is it time for me to outsource this? And if I can't really afford it yet, maybe you do a DIY package with with somebody to get you started. Um, But it's not an option. And at the end of the day, it's a way of protecting yourself, right, from any possible audits and getting um, tax planning in place as well. Yeah, I I would. I think that's great. And especially because like the whole adage, like work on the business, you know, versus in the business. If it's taking you two, three hours a month, getting that off, especially if you can afford it as your business is growing to multi-six figures and you want to get to seven, that time should be allocated looking at the numbers, not inputting what your like your gas bill was and things like that. Like that's that's not a good use of your time. And again, obviously there's other things we talked about like that adds complexity and you might do it incorrectly, but the base level, you should be taking that time to understand what your profit margins are. Even if you're working with like a financial person like myself and Claudia, like you need to look at this stuff yourself. Like, unfortunately there's fraud out there. You have to know your own numbers and no one's ever going to care about your numbers better, more than you will, no matter who you hire. So you have to be double checking. Right. Yeah. I mean, especially if maybe you give a credit card to one of your employees and they're using that kind of free range, I can tell you like your bookkeeper can right away catch if there's something on that credit card that should not be on. That's not business related. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So if fraud protection as well. So if the listeners want to learn more about you and your company, what's the best way for them to find you, Claudia? So I, on Instagram under Athena CPA, and then also on Facebook and it, it's under Athena CPA services. My website right now is under reconstruction. So unfortunately I don't have anything up, but really those are the two ways that they can contact me. And I'm pretty active on, on both of them. So. And those, those uh, will be in the show notes with her Facebook and her Instagram. Is there any, I know we talked about briefly in your bio, but is there any particular type of client that you do your best work with? 
Yeah, so I specialize in working with online coaches. That's my niche. So the health industry, the health fitness industry is one. I have coaches that are business coaches, social media coaches, personal finance coaches. So that that is where my niche is. Like I said, the bookkeeping for them is um, is it's specialized compared to like my clients that are not in that space, and um, that's that's where I enjoy to work. Plus, I really think people in those industries are just really great to work with. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah. um, well, thank you so much, Claudia. This has been great. Appreciate you joining us on Building Your Wealth Muscle podcast. Thank you for joining us this week on Building Your Wealth Muscle. Make sure you visit our website, darbyba.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're at it, if you found value, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us as well. For more information on the topics covered, you can follow Pat on Instagram at PatDarbyBiz. The download from this episode is available in the show notes. And if you want help building your wealth specifically, Pat Darby is currently taking private clients. The link to book a call is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.